When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. So we got this tweet from at Caleb Gray. I'm going to read it verbatim. Re halftime show. Christian school. My uncle's church ran. I love this already. Did a halftime show that ended with a teen dressed as Jesus using a chainsaw to hack out of a box spray-painted with pentagrams. This became known as the story of Chainsaw Jesus. Sure. As I was saying to you all, when you grow up Catholic, you don't, like, the theatrics you get are really minimal. Like, we're, we're, we're sticking Ooh, you to... you get incense on Christmas Eve. And my mom, like, nearly threw up every year. She could not stand the scent of it. Is this... How, how, how much... Uh, ambitious Jesus fiction are we talking about? Like, where does where does Chainsaw Jesus rate on the scale of imagined Jesus adventures outside of my experience, which is none? So that's a broad, broad, broad range. Um, <laughs> you, probably need, you probably need a four-quadrant type thing. Okay. Where left to right is um, imagined adaptationness, right? Sure. Where like sure. on the left you have like very traditional nativity pageant, passion right? play, or like by the book pageant play. Yeah. On the right you have we're gonna modernize things, right? right? We're right. gonna have uh, like the um, he cares about us commercials, whatever they are that are going on right now, where it's like Jesus imagined in a modern urban setting. I've seen that where they do the crucifixion and it's dumping Jesus into a dumpster. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which okay, you can make a case that that's like adapting the story for um, for modern viewers or whatever. And then on the other, <laughs> the the up and down axis, 
Um, I guess you would have the the level of theatricality where like maybe the bottom is like there's no blood, there's no you know like it's 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 G rated, right? And at the other end, maybe you have like the Passion of the Christ, where you see exposed rib cages. Okay, so <laughs> you sort of combine those things, and you have a whole entire spectrum. And I, I haven't seen Chainsaw Jesus in particular, but um, yeah, the entire thought process, the entire all the conversations that led to that becoming real, and um, Uncle Wardlow loaning his chainsaw, and like <laughs> um, uh, the, which nephew gets to play Jesus, and like I, yeah, I know it all. I can write out that screenplay in ten minutes if you like um but uh yeah <laughs> the pentagrams is my favorite detail here right um because like it implies that like the tomb was uh, sealed by uh i mean were those symbols even real before like the 1970s I don't well know. That, that's my like, question no. is this supposed to be jesus sealed in his tomb i would assume so i would assume it's a resurrection thing okay i, I would okay. assume that's ultimately what we're going for here right the chainsaw uh <laughs> That's. I'm pretty sure that's just a chainsaw. I'm gonna go out uh, on a limb. Now here. it's a metaphor. Listen, the body of Christ is a com community of people, and the chain is only as strong as its weakest link on the chainsaw. I love so it. through our faith, we can chainsaw through a pentagram-covered cardboard box. You know, the Bible says uh, all believers are the bride of Christ. Like, but that's like super girly, right? <laughs> Who wants to be a part of the bride of Christ? We're, I think we're part of the chainsaw of Christ. So like there, we've just modern updated it for uh, today's, today's men males, male men who want more, <laughs> more male manly maleness male. in male. their chainsaw the theology. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love that. So, so there's, there's nothing in the Bible about like how the stone was rolled away. Mm -hmm. Um, there's sort of like an implication, maybe an angel type thing did it, or uh, who knows, right? T1000. There, that is a prevalent <laughs> theory. I mean, they're they're time travelers. They could have gone back and done it, right? Um, there you go, buddy. They, did, they went back. You know what they did? They went back and did that to cause the eventual downfall of the Roman Empire, that's, right? That's right. That's right. Because they knew that would establish a dark wow. age of technology, thereby uh, extending the time until the um, Terminators would need to come and uh, cleanse humanity or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, T-1000 did it. Um, what is heaven but a Skynet, if you think about it? Oh, man. That is pretty much um, <laughs> most popular Christian theology is Skynet is watching you, yes. No, I mean like a physical Skynet. I mean like, do you remember that big tree house that used to be at Dollywood? With like the little ball pits and you could crawl up in the trees and you could yeah. rest Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Holy yeah. shit, was that Dollywood? I guess I have been to Dollywood. I didn't realize uh, it, was, been... I, it might have been back when it was Silver Dollar City. Okay. Huh. I didn't know it had ever been in Dollywood. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, we don't get any of this cool shit. <laughs> Here's the flip side. It sounds yeah. cool. All right. It sounds really great. It sounds really fun. It sounds like everyone's cheering. That chainsaw was also used for other stuff at the church. I'm <laughs> going on a wild fucking limb. And not just uh, um, uh, clearing brush, right? So the most common chainsaw thing that is done in the evangelical church this, if you know, you, I know just, you can skip this is a ahead. wild sense you are saying you're going to give I me a buzzfeed list of uses of evangelical chainsaw I'm just this saying, is man. phasing me and i keep forgetting that y'all two haven't gotten to read jason's book yet when you go to catholic church it's just like a frumpy single dude being like well you know 
the Bible is a complicated thing, and if you let me talk about it for 20 minutes, you can have a donut. Wait, so, so we, we don't look okay. at it very often. Wait, so, <laughs> Spencer, Ryan, what was like the... Uh, just for the, for the sake of setting this in a time period, what's yeah. the maximum amount of gnarliness that you guys were ever exposed to? At a like Catholic? In a, like in like a CCD setting. Oh, my God. Um, they do a real good job hiding hell from you. Like, they don't really like That's to talk. It's a weird choice about, for Catholics. They don't like to talk. Yeah. I mean, they fucking invented it. You think they'd show it off a little more. <laughs> well, you know, you, you lay down the track and then you move on to a new sound because, you know, others picked it up and you got to keep reinventing mm-hmm. yourself. I mean, I would, I would keep hammering that Dante IP. That's yours. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, man. that's super Italian. And there's some Catholics that are just like, oh, no, there, exactly. there is a Italian. debate about was Dante Catholic <laughs> enough? Was he more Italian than Catholic? Yeah, that it's is It's very hard not to look at pictures of St. Peter's and go, whoa, that is Italian as that's shit. That's super Italian. <laughs> that is super. There's a lot of marble in there. Oh, my God. I mean, I think like the most extreme thing, modern, modern age, obviously, that happens in the Catholic churches, wasn't it like a dude who tried to shoot the Pieta with a machine gun? Did I make that up? What? I'm, um, I'm gonna look this up. Probably, like yeah. the, like the. the stat, the okay. Now was this part of a uh, part of a lesson or just some guy coming in? There was no, a guy who attacked it with a. There was a guy who attacked. Oh, it, it was a hammer. hammer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dealt okay, tw- so that's different. That's a little different. Dealt twelve hammer blows to it. Okay. That feels symbolic. But that was in 1972. <laughs> Number. Um, yeah, no, there's nothing, there's nothing even slightly gnarly. God, we really have fallen off. Yeah, there's just, dis- like, disappointment. Just you gotta remember that the Catholic Church is where you go into a room where you can't see each other and tell each other your, your bad secrets. Here's the thing, the yeah. Catholic Church did all their gnarly shit from the year 900 yes. to about 1800, yeah. all right? Yeah. Yeah. right. Yeah. So, like, there, 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 there's this idea that, like, um, uh, the Catholic Church is innocent of all the crazy shit during our lifetimes, kind of, but not, right? right. <laughs> like, the you Catholic cover, Church oh, you did- Cover all your children in blood. That's so sixteenth no, century. No, their theolo- yeah, their theology is in the the like strictly family friendly Vegas residency mode, right? Like yes, all yes. ages. Yeah, yeah. People, in. people all the time are like, they, they reach out to me like, oh, I didn't hear any of this weird stuff because I'm a good little Catholic. Okay, you did colonialism. You invented <laughs> colonialism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, <laughs> no, y'all, y'all are legacy admits to this. We learned it from watching you, Dad. Padre, <laughs> Padre. Sorry. <laughs> Um, so in the evangelical world, uh, mm-hmm. I think y'all are familiar with generally purity culture, all right? Sure. Um, I think is anyone who does the chainsaw through... come back into play here, <laughs> brother? It we does. are still on the chainsaw. Okay. Right, right. So I think most people who've been to an evangelical and some Catholic church uh, youth groups, um, and and a lot of mainline Protestants, um, you have heard the bubblegum thing, right? The idea that if you have sex with someone, that is like a piece of bubblegum being chewed. If you have sex with someone else, that is like taking bubblegum out of one mouth and putting it into another. There are lots of these metaphors that are basically used to degrade teenagers, to make them horrified of each other, um, to make them completely terrified of their bodies outside of marriage. Guess what? They're still terrified after they get married. Um, One of these metaphors is a wooden heart is presented on stage in front of dozens, hundreds, however many teenagers. This is your pure virgin heart given to you by God. You are to guard it until marriage. A chainsaw fires up, run part of the heart is cut off. That's having sex with someone. That's falling in love with someone, right? Chipped off, that's kissing someone. 
whittled, 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 whittled until it's a disgusting little deformed shape. This is what's left of your heart on your wedding day. And there you have how love and romance is taught to evangelical teenagers via chainsaw. Are, are we the show that invented werewolf with a chainsaw dick? Yeah. That sounds it like It was us. a long time ago, but that feels like it was us, right? LSU Virginia Tech. Yeah. That's what it was. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a useless Fall, question. So falling in love is a chainsaw dick. I have a useless yes. question. Electric or gas-powered? <laughs> We're going to go gas. Okay. Okay. <laughs> indoor makes it tricky. <laughs> right. If you're indoor. Because right. when I saw this shit, it was indoor. Uh, Other right. people have seen it outdoors. Sure. But, by the way, this, this, this isn't something like I saw, and that's the only time it happened. No, this, this has happened like tons and tons of times all over the place. I think, right. I think the effect is somewhat muted if it's an electric chainsaw. <laughs> Hang on. <That's laughs> the extension the, cord came undone. Yeah. But the problem is, if it's a gas-powered chainsaw, you can't pause to sort of explain what you're You're just shouting. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you got to get it done quickly because the fumes. Give someone uh-huh. a hug. Can't do that. Hey, everyone's everyone's passing out. They're not paying attention to your sexual shame lesson from the fumes. See, I know that. But better that that be, better being overcome by the spirit in that way than having to like change your fucking battery pack mid sermon, or worse, you pull on the chainsaw and you have the wrong battery pack, and it's like ring. Listen, carbon carbon monoxide means you don't have two oxygen molecules copulate with one another. Yeah, the, mm-hmm, the bits might mm-hmm. leave some room for the spirit between those molecules. Those, those right. covalent bonds might. Mm-hmm. You two married? Podcasting is a visual <laughs> medium, and I wish y'all could see the gestures we're doing right now. We Ryan, understand. Ryan, that's, we understand chemistry in a deep way. <laughs> Ryan, that's really good. Exegesis, you did. Thank you. you. Just did. Thank I just you. think I think maybe it'd be more effective if there were just a wooden penis that you brought out and you took the I'm, chainsaw I, to I, it. I right? Like, guarantee you that's happened. <laughs> I promise you that's happened. They probably did how that in the boys' cabin. Yeah. And then the how girls' cabin got something even worse. How did Pastor Dave die? Well, he was chainsawing the wooden chastity penis. As you do. And the chain broke. And, it, you know, he, he died. Um, this is just a, an aside that doesn't have to go in the show. I'm really enjoying watching the World Cup vis-a-vis Cerber's reactions. <laughs> <laughs> so Cerber asked over the weekend if we might, might want to move this. And I yeah. realized that we couldn't call in Doug because we have the same problem, yeah. which is the U.S. is currently playing Iran. Yeah. Uh, and Cerber, bless his heart, did not want to uh, derail today's episode because we, we kind of had a lot uh, a lot on our hearts. So sure. we're just getting to experience this through his face. It's good. Uh, also, I love that Cerber has yet to appear to recognize us talking about him. There, there we go. Now he's looking. <laughs> hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. How are we doing? Love you. Yeah. Are we winning? Uh, our- <laughs> 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 we're not winning. Okay. <laughs> The Shutdown Full Cast. You are listening to the internet's only college football podcast. I am Spencer Hall. I am joined by Jason Kirk. Hello, Jason. Hey, what's up? Did you know Cookout has walk-in tacos now? What is what? the difference between a walk-in taco and a sit-in taco? This is a, it's a Doritos you know bag. This. You know this. Crunched up Fritos and Doritos and tacos Frito pie. dumped in. Okay, so it's like Doritos. Oh, okay. I've never heard it called a walk-in taco. Yeah, and. Yeah. At cookout, it's a side item. 
thought it was Doritos. <laughs> thought it was so wait, Dory Locos. So in theory, you could get, you could get. I'm just, I'm just spitballing here. You can get like a two quesadilla tray with double walk and taco as your sides. Yes. Yeah. Ah, let's feed the family. You will live forever. That is the voice of Holly Anderson. Holly, hello, sir. How good are afternoon. we? I'm sleepy, but I'll recover. And Ryan Nanny joining us from it's the volunteer state. Completely unprepared for you to ask state. me how I was doing. I know it's the hardest question. No, Ryan, it's because you never do it. How I'm such a considerate person, Holly. What? We also have Ryan on <laughs> with us. Part of me is hoping it. that I tripped him. Part of me is hoping the server is watching like Hope Floats or something instead. It, and joining he's just us, really, really reacting to the emotional. You're interrupting my Sandra time. <laughs> On the ones and twos, as always, is Michael Serber. Michael Serber is right now watching the World Cup. We are only evaluating how the match is going through his reactions. We can see him in a little box on a Zoom screen, and right now, it looks like he is watching a loved one be dangled over the side of the Grand Canyon. So I guess we're doing real well. <laughs> The Cutter Grand Canyon is, of course, man-made. I'm sorry. I only like the soccer team that brings trophies home. That's right. They get to go. The women's team gets to go to Australia and Hang New on. Zealand instead well, of Cutter. Tyler, just said that. Like, Tyler Adams is a snack, okay? Don't disrespect. <laughs> is Tyler Adams in Hope Floats? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tyler, you, you meet Tyler Adams when you go home for Christmas, and you get married, and you never leave. Hallmark needs to talk more about the pipe these men are slinging. <laughs> I feel like it's an important. Bit, it's an important. Is it? Is it not? Do you think context. it's not strongly enough implied? I it's feel like it's implied. They're all. They're all lumberjacks. It's an important bit of missing context. No, I feel like more. It's. It's like. It's. It is not. We don't see or hear enough about the previous. Uh, the previous slanging of the boyfriend in the trench coat and his mm. abilities thereof. The, the big city fella. I think you get, should write a Hallmark movie. G girl. He's got to get back to the office and close the deal on Christmas Eve. Meanwhile. Like, where is, where is, uh, I think what I'm asking is like, where is the old school level treatment for like Sweet Home Alabama? <laughs> where is that? Where is this window? Can we get in it? He's big. He's dumb. He earns $3 a day. But honey, I swear you can hear it slap his leg. Mm-hmm. Leg slapper, a Christmas tradition, only on Hallmark. Because she's a comedian. John yeah. Hamm was good in that. John Hamm was good in that. <laughs> John Hamm might do it these days. He yes. Seriously, he'll, he's he'll kind of anything. become like a professional doof, which yep. I appreciate. Um. Anyway, what else is happening? Did anything? Yeah. Did anything happen? Yeah, I can't even do that. No, uh, come on. You, yeah, Hugh Freeze got hired. It's, it's it like, sucks. what are you, an Auburn beat writer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some things have occurred <clears throat> uh -huh. in the universe it's that we inhabit. Fair. There has, it's, it's there has been a past. That's not Everyone. fair. There are several national writers who are just it's, as much. Yeah, you it's, are it's absolutely more, right. It, it's more national writers than I, writers. Yeah, let me, let me front load this because, first of all, that's not fair. Um, I, I have been thinking a lot. Uh, I, I've been thinking a lot just by proximity about... Uh, our friends like the intrepid Tomas Verde in the Auburn press corps because Auburn is 
and I want to thread this needle real carefully because I'm not, I'm not excusing anyone, but I also can't put myself in anyone's shoes and do this particular calculus. If you're an Auburn beat writer right now, you are confronted with the holidays already upon us with the loss of your access and thus of your livelihood. Uh, if you attempt to ask one of several very obvious questions about Auburn's latest football coach hire. Uh, Auburn is, apart from the the Clemson with a lake, uh, Auburn is like Clemson in a couple other crucial ways, namely that it is geographically isolated enough to where it has its own press corps that does not have a lot of other press obligations. It's not like being in Atlanta and covering Georgia Tech, being in Nashville and covering Vanderbilt. If you get shut out of the Auburn beat, there is no other game in town, and Auburn's uh, communication staff is excellent at this. They're absolute. They're non-pareil at this, which is great because they're going to need to be uh, for the next few years. And I, I don't know what. Did you guys watch the presser? No, did anybody, but I've did seen. Sit through this. I've saw, seen saw quotes, comments from it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know where to put the needle between, uh, between. Hey, you guys should have shouted him out of the room, and hey, you guys should have shouted yourselves out of a job uh, at the tail end of November. But where it's easier to put the needle is um, with some of our national peers. What the fuck? Because they're not under that shutout. No, they're not. To make it clear. No, and they're not. Yeah. Like, yeah, you guys would be just fine if Auburn didn't like you anymore. Uh huh. I would project that forward and say, not only is there something in the present where you say, well, there's no reason because, you know, they, they, you lose nothing by them not liking you. They're, I'm just going to project this forward. They're not going to like you anyway. Mm-hmm. Because I will tell you, when dealing some, with somebody like this and with an organization that will inevitably, if he makes it to coaching a game, carry on his <laughs> entire personality, <laughs> you start at a baseline of perpetually aggrieved. Yeah. And looking for slights. Mm -hmm. So they don't like you anyway. They're just looking for an excuse. I know plenty I, I know plenty of writers on our uh on our particular strata who've never been let in the door at Auburn for no other reason than they are not of Auburn or important enough and connected enough to one of Auburn's television contracts that they have to say yes. Um and what this has produced in our, I'm going to call it generation, and I mean professional generation. What the, what this has produced in uh, those of us who came up in the aughts is a group of journalists who are not beholden to protecting their access. And goodness gracious, if that really doesn't show up in the questions that we get to ask. It was a, I, I can't believe we ever... And I, I know we all did at one time or another, but I can't believe we ever thought of this as a hindrance. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to focus on this as a as a media story. But of course, that's uh, that's how we have to enter it because we are we are not of the Auburn family. And goodness, has that never been clearer than before? So I had one thing I wanted to sort of mention to um, this podcast. A lot of national college football reporters listen to it. You won't admit it, but you do. It's okay. We um, see I you in the space. I'll, you I'll should be get a burner. I'll be honest. I wouldn't admit it either. It's okay. It's okay. It's fine. Um, Briarcrest High School, Christian school um, in Tennessee, where Hugh Freeze, one of his first, first jobs, um, where he coached a variety of sports, um, sort of started making his name. It's in a movie. You've probably seen. It's full of bullshit. It's called The Blind Side. Um, mm -hmm. 
A number of stories have come out of that place and gone public involving Hugh Freeze. USA Today reported on them a few years ago. Um, people are, are, are citing the story as they should be right now. Um, one about an, an, a woman who, as an eighth grade girl, she says Hugh Freeze told her to change her shirt in his office while he was in there. And the other in that story says Hugh Freeze was delighted to get the chance to punish her with a paddle. Um, there are things we know and we can infer about the way schools like Briarcrest work. Um, usually when th things like this come out, it's pretty wise to think of them as the tip of the iceberg. Um, yeah. As someone who grew up in a very similar world, I am highly confident this is just the tip of the iceberg. And since writing a, a little bit about Auburn's hire of Freeze, I've heard from numerous people with ties to Briarcrest during and after Freeze's time there. Um, if I were a national college football reporter interested in the public good, interested in making the world a little bit better, mm -hmm. and not interested in getting a seat in Auburn's press box, I want to emphasize a national reporter whose livelihood does not depend on Auburn access, I would look into Briarcrest, and I would not stop until I found something. Yep. Even what we do know, <clears throat> or what's already been reported from Briarcrest, from Hugh Freeze, DMing, a sexual assault victim who was suing his employer at the time. Everything that happened at Old Miss, both those sort of just sort of like personally unsavory and NCAA violation quality and whatever else you want to throw on the pile. They have a common thread and the Hugh Freeze defenders want it to push in a certain direction. They want it to push in a direction of none of us is per none of us are perfect. We all have made mistakes and we all deserve grace. But to me, the common thread is not imperfection. It is, it is at best highly questionable judgment. There are not what we know about Hugh Freeze and what he's done in his career and in his personal life. There are not a lot of things that you can point to and say like this, this crosses a like way far portion of the line. They're always kind of in the middle somewhere. Even even DMing um, this woman who was suing Liberty. Chelsea Andrews. Was, yes. Uh, she was part of a class action lawsuit, I believe. Yes. 12 women suing Liberty for of, yeah. their mishandling yes. of sexual assault. Um, even that, like, you look at it and you're just like, what the fuck are you thinking? And I guess to me it's that Auburn and so much of college football holds up the right, the opportunity to play this sport, the opportunity to coach the sport as this incredible privilege, as this thing that is not to be taken Leader lightly. Leader of men. Yes. And, and, and how can you sort of look at the track record of somebody who has made all of these poor decisions, somebody who may reportedly have such bad judgment that he will not even be allowed to have a Twitter account. <laughs> hey, I know. By contract. I, hey, Ryan, I, yeah. I have an answer to that. And it's an answer that you yourself have said before mm -hmm. on this very program. Uh, if you're new to this particular contraption of ours, or if you would just like to earn a fresh course, I would invite you to go back to the very, very end of the first uh, COVID season and find an episode of ours 
from January of 2021 called The Failure State. It is the final episode that we put out that season where we started recapping the title game and around the 59 minute mark, I believe, it ends with the four of us just kind of meditating on where we have ended up after a season of trying to uh, outgrit a <laughs> a global pandemic. And the answer that we land on there um, is because they wanted to. And if there has been a better answer for why people in power do what they do since then, uh, I'm not aware of it. No, they're, you're, you're right. Hugh Freeze is hired because they wanted to, and everything else is everything else is going to be back-engineered to suit that. There's so, no... There, this is not deep. So one, one of the interesting parts of that, in this case, <clears throat> Hugh Freeze said something in his press conference today, and I'm paraphrasing it, where he was basically like, what social media says about this team doesn't matter. And bizarrely, from a like very pragmatic and business-oriented perspective, I agree with him. The four of us, the five of us, I'm not going to speak for Cerber, but I suspect he's on the same page. He's just very focused. It doesn't matter if Auburn makes a decision that we like, because we're not stake, you know, we're not the core constituency. We are not sending money to Auburn. We are not buying season tickets. We are probably not sending uh, our children to Auburn to school or thinking about recommending it to others. We are not signing up. We if, if one of us lucks into $50 million tomorrow, we are not thinking, how can I use this money to make Auburn football a champion again? No, 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 because we, so are, from we a, are Michigan fans. So from a from a very practical perspective, it doesn't matter that we don't like this. But here's what's interesting: there are a lot of people who are in that core constituency who don't like this one bit. And, mm-hmm. and listen, mm-hmm. there are always people who don't like a coach hire, but they usually don't like it because they think it's a bad football choice. And you can win those people over. By being good at football. There were people who didn't who didn't think Nick Saban was going to be a good hire at Alabama. There were definitely people who thought he wasn't going to be a good hire at LSU. And you can win them over by being good at football. But the people who care about Auburn, who buy into the Auburn that, that Auburn wants to present itself as. And okay, quick asterisk yeah. here. And this is what I believe differentiates Auburn, say, from the reaction of, and I'm, I'm not equating the events, but uh, if I can set it next to the reaction of Baylor fans during this time, um, we know a ton of these people. I lived very close to Auburn for, uh, for a few years. The, the buy-in at a local, at a, at, a, at a local, at a state level for the notion of the Auburn family is real. These mm-hmm. people are sincere. And what that means for our purposes at this moment is that their pain is also sincere. Yeah. And, and listen, we can think the Auburn family all-in thing is bullshit. We can think it's nonsense. They don't. But, it but doesn't the, matter what we correct, think. Yeah. Correct. And, and <clears throat> this is a program that already was deeply fractured by the decision to get rid of Gus Malzahn, by the entire last coach hiring cycle they went through. And and so much of what was sort of reinforced with this cycle was, this needs to be where Auburn figures it out and gets everybody back to the table and makes a decision that makes everybody feel 
heard, seen, acknowledged, whatever. And at the very least, from a practical perspective, this is the opposite of that. This has driven more of a wedge into this culture and this fan base. To me, it's just like, even if you think like we're being overly moralistic and over and and uh naively don't you hate it when the woke mob comes after you for asking an eighth grade girl to take her shirt off in your (laughs) office man It, it feels like this is a failure because you have hired somebody who a significant portion of your fan base does not want there and that won't change even if he's good at football yeah like you have what have you just said to every woman who is an auburn fan or alum or uh, local what have you said to every one in your fan base who's ever been sexually assaulted or had a family member sexually assaulted what have you said to people who just object on totally sincere moral reasons like uh, we know all of us know auburn fans writers p- people all around the program who completely object to this and were publicly embarrassed by considering freeze let alone hiring him so like yeah, th- this isn't like the woke libs will be quiet once Freeze beats Mm-mm. fucking um, LSU or whatever. No, <laughs> no one. No, it's not. That's not going to happen. Also, you are always the fan is here, always caught in this position, which is having a large institution fail them, which uh, is not unique to sports. Uh, it's definitely not unique to the South, though we have plenty of experience with it. But the fan and the player are both caught between this because there are people on that team you want to succeed. There are people on that team you don't want to be miserable, right? Like that's, that's like I, I watch for the players. Right. And the players are put in a shit position here because they're going to have to play for this dude who by all accounts and track record. And, and by the way, spare me this everyone has a past thing. How do you think we predict their future? That's it. You, you make you make Also, way- um, Chris... Again, if I can take on your statement directly regarding everyone have a past, Hugh Freeze was DMing Chelsea Andrews unsolicited to defend his boss, Ian McCaw, in motherfucking July. That is technically the past. Um, But I'm not sure how much more sarcastically I could ask you why you got to bring up old shit. But I will bring up old shit here, and this gets to my point, which is, okay, cool. I'm happy to engage with the old shit if you want to do that and tout the record because of all of these things, he can recruit. Okay, that's actually... Eh. Ah, ah, about that, because... (laughs) About that. Hmm. About that, because believe as high as if you go to 247's rankings, the highest Ole Miss ever got was the 2017 class, I want to say, which was number five in the country. Hey, Spencer, then what happened? Um... Yeah, go look up their record that year. Believe they went five and seven, five and seven, and blew game after game under that management. In reality, one of his best classes was uh, the two the early in his tenure, the twenty thirteen. Never really sort of equaled that in terms of impact or or names. Um, if you would like a more uh, detailed breakdown on this, by the way, than we're doing off the top of our heads, uh, Jason in the middle of his excellent. Uh, breakdown on this from a church perspective at his Substack also has a big old chunk of let's look at this from a football hire standpoint in the middle of this. Uh, if you want more detailed numbers, you can go there. Yeah. Freeze has had two top 10 classes. That sounds really nice. 
He did it by paying players. Everyone's allowed to pay players now. He mm-hmm. cannot outbid Alabama, Texas, Oklahoma, Tennessee, LSU, Florida, Georgia, so on and so on and so on. Right? And this Auburn is, one of those is going programs. to recruit in the middle of the SEC unless Hugh Freeze is a fucking uh, um, uh, Pied Piper. This is a program <laughs> that, uh, at least for the moment, by longstanding rivalry tradition, has to play Georgia every year and has to recruit nationally. And you can't and again once again lest you forget what program you're in the middle of paying players is awesome and it's good that he did that and i'm glad for every payer he played who got away with it that's wonderful i hope that it was lots and lots of money but can i can i jump backwards for just one second too because i'm i'm working on something right now about uh spencer that kind of ties into what you said about being betrayed by an institution Mm -hmm. part of i'm trying to not call it the magic but part of why uh, part of why people return to these institutions year after year years after they graduated bring their kids send their kids to the school bring their grandkids send their grandkids to the school is because these places have this talismanic power over us. Now, man-made institutions do not have that power on their own. People, people make these universities and their programs powerful in that sense. And people can be rotten in a sense that places cannot. And among a myriad of other sins, what you're doing to half your student body, and I think that's a charitable estimation because I'm just talking about the ones who are likelier to be subjected to sexual assault during their time at Auburn. What you're doing to those women with this hire, with the lying that came with this hire, uh, the lying I'm referred to as being done by John Cohen, Auburn's new athletic director, late of Mississippi State, who said that they conducted a thorough and thoughtful uh, search of Auburn. Chelsea Andrews, by the way, uh, the plaintiff who was harassed by Hugh Freeze over the summer, uh, says she was never contacted by Auburn. And affirmatively reached out to Auburn. Part of what you've done here is, and, and the source of that pain is, you have decided unilaterally who does and does not get to play this pretend game anymore? Who does not get to show up and say, oh, isn't this a magical place in the fall? Aren't, aren't, aren't these beautiful memories? You, you, have, you have tainted that. But on a wider level that doesn't even encompass gender, I want, I want to make one very clear distinction here. Um, you have also angered on a spiritual level a swath of the Christian community at Auburn, of, of people of, of non-Christian faiths at Auburn, who bought into the family on a, on a familial person-to-person level, and you have now put uh, a man who uses his denomination as a shield between you and them. Like there are a, a number of Auburn fans that, that we know here and, and I'm sure that you can think of out there are genuine people of faith who are upset on a spiritual level 
that their church is being used, that their faith is being used as an excuse for this fucking charlatan. And I, I wanted to make sure that while we are, while we are dismissing outright uh, Freeze's claims to be a Jesus follower, that we, uh, that we acknowledge the pain of those for whom that's very real and that hurts today. On a different level of disappointment uh, to a group of people, um, Altmer's not alone in this. We've watched this happen year in and year out, but this is another coaching search where we've been told that a thorough uh, coaching search across every single level of the profession has been done and we ended up with two white guys all right <laughs> who are both both have already been coaches but not, not only at, at at power five schools but at sec schools spencer where were they supposed to find a minority coach who could unite a fractured fan base in their building in I know that I'm not supposed to answer that. I'm not answer that because I want to hammer this home as clearly and as bluntly as possible in their building. And my only regret about Carnell Williams not getting a shot here, or my only upside from Carnell Williams not getting a shot here, is that he wouldn't be turned loose into this environment where he uh, might have to deal with Auburn's boosters in and a in an adverse situation, at, even at, more adverse than the one he faced coming in his interim. Well, and now he has to, and he has, by the way, signed on as associate head coach, and so he'll uh, be back soon. <laughs> now has to work for mm-hmm. now has to work for Hugh Freeze, and I for a while. I hope that that is I, I hope that that is a positive decision for him. I hope that that is what he wants. But can I talk about? Can, can I make a connection real quick from the pretending I was talking about just now to this? Uh we it's it's a common discussion point that uh, you'll hear you'll hear Richard Johnson you'll hear uh, you'll hear other black writers bring up that and black coaches Carnell among them that they don't get shots like this. Uh, Hugh Freeze is getting his third shot like this before a guy like Carnell gets his first, and the line that will be used by this administration if they are ever anou- allowed even the most benign of questioning about it is, well, Carnell didn't have the experience. Uh, so fucking what? Look, look what, look what he did in that, uh, look what he did in that Auburn family over the past six weeks mm-hmm. and surround him with people who will put him in a position to succeed. Put, bring in a crusty old associate head coach of your own who knows Auburn inside and out as an institution and can help him with the back-end bullshit of that job. Like, you had something here in the building that was special, that was an exemplar of what the Auburn family is supposed to look like, and you bypassed it for fucking what? Like, er, to, to for use that it- guy? To use a counterexample, this same week, Arizona State gave Kenny Dillingham, who is extremely young and has also not been a head coach, mm. they gave him the head job. He went to Arizona State. He's like a quote-unquote fit or whatever. He's run yeah. some good offenses as well. But like... There are it, ways to do this. Yes, the reason yes. they didn't do this is that they did not want to. And they will never have to answer why. And that doesn't mean that you should quit asking. 
by the way, you say for what? I can elaborate a little bit on that. The best team that Hugh Freeze ever fielded at Old Miss went 10-3. and three. This is the team that played that chaotic game against Alabama with Chad Kelly at quarterback where they ended up winning 43-37. People remember that. They do not really like to remember the three losses that followed, including a 38-10 housing in the swamp by Florida, a baffling loss 37-24 to Memphis or an overtime loss to uh, I'm sorry a 53-52 loss to Arkansas for all of the hullabaloo the highest finish freeze ever had postseason at Old Miss was 10th and all of those glorious recru- recruiting classes uh, really only added up to one sugar bowl so in terms of new year's wins which i have to say to defend houston nuts honor that's two new year's <laughs> win bowls brother to <laughs> one for hugh freeze so here's if i and i'm sorry i keep interrupting because i've been fucking mad about this for 30 hours but it, let's hold here we go let's let's hold these arguments up to the light one by one let's hold the saban argument up to the light hey do you know who beat saban more than twice gus malzahn the guy you ran out of the building. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Last so the, time. The Saban thing is ultimately the reason for the hire. That's it. He beat yeah. Saban twice. Yeah. Okay. Um, he beat two look iterations at the of Saban era ago in twice. which he beat Saban. He beat Saban Bingo. after the Saban is wins with defense era, and he beat Saban before the Saban wins with offense era. He beat interim Saban while Saban was figuring out whether to modernize or not when Saban still had a little bit of trouble with this type of offense mm-hmm. as demonstrated first by who's that? Oh, Gus Malzahn, the guy you fired for $21.5 <laughs> million and then fired his uh, replacement for $15 million before going and getting the scumbag. Um, it's, this is what, $40 million you've spent to bring in a worse version of the guy you already had simply because he beat the most beatable possible version of Nick Saban. And guess what? Say you beat Saban again. So fucking what? Saban's not the final fucking boss anymore. Wow. Does anybody remember who helped Saban uh, transition into an offense forward team and where that guy might be coaching right now and how many times in a given year Auburn might have to play that team? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to lose to Ole Miss. Yeah. yeah. The, the, That's going to that hurt is, your feelings. Yeah. That is, I think, the stunning thing about in 2022 – making a we must destroy Nick Saban higher is like if if this year has taught us anything it's like that is doable with a lot of different coaches Texas nearly beat Nick Saban hello Tennis- Tennessee also, did all jokes aside Saban's extremely old do you yes. think yeah. Saban is going to mm-hmm. be here for 10 more years we can say ha 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 of course he will I, I don't know maybe but probably not Kirby Smart might be here for a half fucking century that's okay, the I've, new Saban I've can you freeze the, beat mm-hmm. Kirby Smart I've decided the funniest fucking thing happens is if Saban retires this week it's, it's <laughs> interesting because you hired you brought in your supposed Saban killer who's not. If and, if you look at the two schools who beat Alabama this year so far, Tennessee and LSU, neither one of those hires were made on the premise of like ah finally the chosen one who will and like we neither have one of those were one of Saban's dull children. Correct. They were and, just and, uh, they were they were objective picks. They were and we, we're going to we go have, out without they a, were with, intentional without it yeah, intentional yeah. without attachment. We will hire the person we think is the absolute value best. Pick. Who is who is who, who is has available? The best vi- who has says, the yes. best vision? Let's characterize for... the Tennessee search as that. Sure. 
who yeah. has the best vision for our program and will take the job. Yes. Right. <laughs> we have our own problems with the Brian Kelly hire, but like in terms of can Brian Kelly build a successful college football machine and iterate it upon it multiple times? The answer is inarguably yes. Like love, as much I, as we don't like Brian this Kelly. This brings us no pleasure. What he did at Notre Dame is fucking incredible. I love this point because like what a great argument for don't, try and hire specifically a Saban killer, specifically hire a guy to win 11-ish games. Because right. if there's anybody who is demonstrably not mm-hmm. a Saban killer, it's Brian Kelly. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Correct. Saban. Correct. That's yeah. the guy Somebody. they went to God, and it was it's, a great hire. I it's not, it. it's, you, don't, you didn't go out and hire Steven Garcia, although you should have. That also would have been better. If you were like, who should we go get to beat Nick Saban, you wouldn't say, I know, a guy Oklahoma ran off. That'll do it. <laughs> That's the poison. I mean, the guy who just fucking lost to Yukon, Virginia right. Tech, and New Mexico State is not your Nick Saban beater. Hey, Jason, also, yeah. can I place a can I place a ball on a tee here for you to take a swing at real quick? Is sure. there a coach? Is there a coach you can think of and who you've had personal experience watching with one of your teams who maybe has a scandal-ridden past of his own who is currently coaching uh, below the Power Five level <laughs> who has a better fucking record than Hugh Freeze and has experience in the SEC West? <laughs> who, yeah. if you look at the numbers, would have been better. Yeah, who uh, is actually uh, probably performed better relative to resources this season than Hugh mm-hmm. Freeze. D- didn't, didn't lose to New Mexico State, for starters. Um, far be it from me to ever tout Bobby Petrino for anything. Oh! But Bobby Petrino has been to more big bowl games, has won more of them, has finished in the top ten more times, um, has produced more Heisman winners, has <laughs> has won, you know, has like done a whole lot more football shit than Hugh Freeze has. Big bowl has up. been relevant in more eras, uh, has been more adaptable to more things. Yes, he was fucking terrible in his second sit at Louisville <clears throat> and in his eight minutes as the Atlanta Falcons head coach. Um, well, you clearly but don't like care about him being the, a nice person, so let's go. But, like, if you're going to hire a scumbag, at yeah. least hire one who just is sort of, like, openly admits he's a scumbag. For all his scandals, the list of people that Bobby Petrino has actually victimized, right? It doesn't compare to Hugh Freeze's. Bobby, Bobby Petrino, Petrino has terrible political his, opinions. He put but, his mistress on a state-funded payroll. That sounds quaint. <laughs> yeah, but then, he put her on, then he put her on his motorcycle, too. He's a, and that he's wasn't a, a nice thing to do as it I'm out. hearing that he's a good provider. You're saying not a good driver, rules. though. We could have avoided nope. the situation by simply saying, stop placing your mistress atop things. The payroll. Yeah. Your priorities. Yeah. A motorcycle. This is a, useful place. this is a useful place to reframe what we are talking about. Because... I don't think anybody who watches college football at this point ascribes to a vision that coaches are or should be morally superior human beings. It's a weird job, and I understand that there is a sort of paternal quality to it. And some of these coaches do f- like ha- form and care about meaningful bonds with their players in ways that are admirable. But writ large, we don't look at this and say, this is a job where you should be a really good person to have this job. that I don't think that's what we're saying. I think what we're saying is let's accept that we are hiring based on football acumen and, and section 1B of that, let's not bring on absolute greaseball dirtbags. Well, 
there's another answer to that, Ryan, and it's something you last week said yourself when you said that Ohio State cannot get away from defining this season by the Michigan by the game, game because yeah. they define it by this. Auburn defines their program this way. Sure. So they themselves are asking for the first time that we not uh, examine uh, that, that too closely. Right. They, they themselves are, you know, it's different here. It's about family here. Okay, you're the ones who said so, so why do you mind us asking about it? Yeah, and I think there's something that goes along there with what both of you are saying, which is that um, all college football coaches, you're millionaires who push around college students. I don't think too highly of you. Um, when you are a college football coach who holds yourself up as a man of morality, as Hugh Freeze does, um, despite all actionable evidence to the contrary, um, the man holds himself up as a man of faith, whatever the fuck that means. Um, so he is begging for a higher standard. When it is applied, he then begs for it to no longer be applied. So, like, to me, that is a bigger failing when you ask for that standard and you come nowhere near it. Yeah. Like, it is relevant to me um, that, like, the Ole Miss recruiting shit, paying players, that's great. That rules. I wish he'd done more of it. The thing is, when he... When he and his defenders cast that as like, oh, that was the one scandal, it doesn't matter. It still matters because even at Liberty, he was lying about the scandal afterward, years after the fact. While he's um, whining to USA Today about why haven't I been forgiven yet, he's also whining to other uh, Julie Royce about like uh, uh, lying about the particulars about that, about um, his various other scandals. Um, so like the 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 the. Ex the years of lying after the thing it makes even the cool shit he did it makes it fucked up and I, i'm not i'm not saying any of this is contrary to what you said ryan I'm yeah just saying like i hold all of it against him in ways i would not hold against other coaches because of the standard he asked he for asked and because to. he does not mm -hmm. own any of it yes ever. yes yeah. it is always someone else's fault it is always a past that someone else is dwelling on 100 percent accurate my thing is this we don't look at lane kiffin and say like boy what a, what a supremely good dude. Because he doesn't college, ask you to. Across college football, either known or sort of like quietly whispered, we know that college coaches have all sorts of fucked up personal lives. They are unfaithful to their spouses. They are bad fathers. They have substance abuse problems. Not all of them, obviously, but like a lot of them do. We understand that like this is not a job purely for the good hearted, straight, narrow people. And if Auburn had hired Lane Kiffin, we wouldn't be like, oh boy, they find good a good Christian boy that they brought home. So <laughs> it's said, not. We would have said we would have said they hired Lane. They so hired a no, better Christian boy. In than comparison, you this would have yeah. been objectively hilarious. So we are not like the state. The bar is not that high. The bar is really not that high for what who you have to hire, and what sort of like the morals clause has to look like. For us to all basically be okay with it. We are not even holding up, like, we don't even hold Auburn to the standard they want to on a normal day. And that's fine. Like, we, we all understand that, like, there is some flexibility to this. We are not expecting, like, moral perfection in any way, shape, or form. And that's why it's really frustrating that everybody who questions this hire or objects to it gets framed as hysterical or unrealistic or unforgiving or it, it it creates this this binary that isn't real that isn't real and never has been
Yeah. Well, and, it, and it, that's by design. Sure. This is all a matter, it's all a matter of design. Like, it's deflection, yes. Dude's just waiting to be aggrieved so that you can be beyond criticism and on the offensive at the same time by being offended. That's it. That's it. That's the entire basis of this way of thinking, feeling, and existing. By the way, while also framing his current job, which, you know, has a hundred or so kids who showed up to play for him and have been playing for him, uh, by framing his current job as punishment. Yes. <laughs> well, well, we should note, working for a man who he says is the most Jesus-like man he's ever encountered. Why are you Indicating he hasn't encountered very many men. Former Baylor athletic it's director. Entirely, maybe he's not allowed to be alone with other men. Here's my thing. That's a, a, a Billy you, Graham rule taken to complete extremes. If right, you, right, because if, other men might have been alone with other women. If yeah. I met the most Jesus-like person I'd ever encountered, I wouldn't leave. Why'd you leave him? <laughs> That's a great Why'd you leave he's him evangelizing for? evangelizing uh, the is, good news of Ian McCall work. to the nations. <laughs> yeah. The, the people yeah. of Auburn need to be blessed with the... Yeah, and, and this, um, this, this purgatory that he's whining about, um, his, his many years toiling in the, in, the, in the wasteland of liberty, which I, I agree with that part. Uh, he was the highest paid non-power coach. Yes. This big five, fucking baby. Five million a year, was it? It was three million, then it got up to five million. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was already now. already yeah. making borderline SEC money now. to coach this shitty uh, shitty little um, diploma farting real estate to scam. New Mexico State. Now here, one here, true rival. There, Which this is, is the one not a football team. This is the one funny thing that I will I will say there is one funny thing about this hire. Where does Hugh Freeze rank in this contract in the SEC in coach pay? Oh, I didn't even. I look. haven't even seen his new contract. Well, he's yet. getting six mil. Six mil. He's six and a half, I think. He all right, so, all. He, he so ranks he's getting eighth. Eighth. So he's about eighth. where Auburn's going to recruit. Perfect. <laughs> Great job, <laughs> Jimmy. If they're lucky yeah. with all the dirt that every other coach in Man, the has on him. Man, they need oh, another. Oh, sorry, I forgot about. He's a Sexton client, isn't he? They need. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, add back he, uh, to the tally of the, the tally of dangers that I added up for guys who depend on uh, for Auburn beat writers who depend on Auburn for, as their sole source of income to feed their families and whatnot. Uh, add to that, you will have run afoul of a Sexton client, and therefore the danger of being blackballed from other Sexton clients. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, it gets worse and worse for the little guys, and it looks dumber. Little guys. It, it gets worse and worse for the smaller market guys, and it looks dumber and dumber for uh, the nationals to not take bats to you. I am uh, told that uh, at the presser today, Hugh Freeze tearfully thanked Jimmy Six. <laughs> I would wow. too. J- Jimmy, Jimmy, <laughs> I sure would yeah. Too. <laughs> yeah. You give me six and a half million. I'm crying on your shoulder. I, yeah. Wherever you want me to cry, that's fine. Especially, mm. especially after I, especially after I had to leave my previous job. Prior if you get me out of liberty and pay me six and a half million, yeah, bring it in. Oh, listen, yeah, yeah. No, that's sincere. Yeah, uh, like, li- like all that, what's uh, what's Luke Fickle's contract? Ooh. Mm. Yeah, let's talk about some good news. That's gonna be fun. He's getting some. He's getting some <laughs> some some B one G money there, Luke, baby. Luke Fickle is making nearly eight million a year. <laughs> he should. Yeah, all right, sure. now I'm gonna say this. Sure. He sh- he should make eight million dollars a year because one, he has eight kids. Yep. Eight. Hey, that's like oh, he's a he's double beamer. Oh yeah, like one. Uh, if you are a fan of the NFL podcast, but zone duo, it was a big point of contention concern that 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 he makes sure that like they had a good school for the kids, etc. Just on the terms of like, how seriously should I take you? 
the only way we take you seriously in college football from a hiring sp- uh, from a hiring standpoint is how much did you spend? Right. And I you take Wisconsin memes. I take Wisconsin a fuckload more seriously than I take Auburn. Mm. Auburn went out and got an eight million dollar coach who has accomplished more than the six and a half million dollar coach. Uh, Wisconsin got a coach. Wisconsin. 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 Wisconsin's $8 million coach has accomplished more than yes. Auburn's $6.5 million coach. Auburn yes. got TJ Maxx, Bobby Petrino. Also, Wisconsin <laughs> has a guy who appears Apologies more sustainable to, to me Max. based on the recruiting he brought in at a non-power. Like, Fickle was recruiting at a P5 level before Cincinnati made the P5. If you can do that there, you can probably do something like that at Wisconsin. I mean, and like Wisconsin just... has demonstrated you don't need top 10 recruiting. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think Fickle is, like, demonstrably more – likely to sustain than freezes that, you just, it, that it, offense you, with the level of like an increased platform and resources i'm i'm fucking sad like i we just joked about how we're not in or we didn't joke but we said we're not invested in auburn i want a wisconsin season ticket i, I want love one. i love this about wisconsin too because you could go to a recruit and they're like is uh madison gonna be a place where i can really grow and you're like oh brother you'll grow <laughs> get <laughs> some brats on right. you get some dairy <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to fill you out, buddy. If, if you just look at, like, the quote-unquote top-tier P5 jobs that have gotten filled over the last few years, you can, like, you can go through a ton and be like, oh, yeah, they went out and got somebody better than Hugh Freeze. Chip Kelly was a better hire than, than Hugh Freeze at UCLA. 100%. No question. Chip Kelly's accomplished way more than Hugh Freeze has. Mm. No, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimbo is a better Jimbo is a more accomplished hire <laughs> Technically that's true That's true <laughs> That shit is true And also Goodness Jimbo can beat Alabama too Look at this that This is a lot to no, think that's, about that's, that's proven <laughs> Brian Christ. Kelly is a more accomplished hire At LSU mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What if like, they just hired Chad Kelly Yeah and, and, and even if you don't go the accomplished route Like South Carolina seems to be doing fine with Shane Beamer like Auburn, apart from all of apart from all of that that's distasteful about this, Auburn has taken the most middle slider action possible here. You didn't go and get like the best intriguing young guy. You didn't go and poach like you didn't pull USC and say, well, well we're just going to go steal somebody else's awesome coach and his recruits. Didn't do that either. You tried to do it with Ole Miss, but you got turned down. And this is. This is the most fucked up, most Auburn thing about it at all. There was clearly no plan. There was clearly <laughs> no, God, no, no plan whatsoever. <laughs> they want, like, <laughs> yes, I know the AD has said, our, we landed on our first, our last choice, who was our first choice. And blah, oh, blah, no, blah, blah, their blah. list was Lane, Hugh, blank. But all, the, the vibe of this search is you woke up on Thanksgiving morning and said, fuck. I have to go to Kroger. <laughs> That's what this coaching search ended up being. Oh, it's Kroger Bobby Petrino. Every <laughs> every worse. every year. And also Murder by the way, Bobby Petrino. You know how prime one, selection. One hire always equals the firing of another mm-hmm. at Auburn. It, like go ahead, set a clock on Cone. Just do it. Set a clock <laughs> on him, man. Because you know who's going to take the fall for this? Not the boosters. They'll be like, well, no, we had concerns. Yeah. Not the guys yeah, who made we, the hire. Yeah. 
Yeah, the guys who made the hire. Just go ahead and set the clock on Cohen. Hope he's got a nice buyout because that's this is, exactly this, just just this set is it. A hi- I know who is, gets blamed here. I know who's going to take the and blame. This is this is a hire where some and portion Cone, of the all boosters reports felt trapped by this. Which welcome, buddy. Some yeah. of the boosters successfully leaked that there were cons- that they were trying to shut this hire down. So it's not even like he can go and be like, "Well, boosters, you as yeah. a unified <laughs> group picked this coach." No, it's no just unified. so fun. I. <laughs> It's so sloppy. It's so incredibly fucking sloppy. That's and, like, I get it. That's what all Auburn can do. At this it's, point. It's, no, but they're, it's they're not they're the kind so... of Auburn sloppy that we love, right? Right. Like, no, like we love no. so many Auburn fans, and, like, we love Auburn games where, like, shit is falling apart. Everything's we bad. We love no Kevin Steele's 0 0 record as Auburn head coach. <laughs> Baby, I'm we burning. Love, Auburn, you're so in the many pantheon. About Auburn chaos. The result mm-hmm. of Auburn chaos here is not the same. And, <laughs> and like, it's just, it's like, even Miami, Miami had an incredibly messy coaching transition last year. Basically, I had two head coaches for a while, like, were just fucking shameless about how they wanted to get Mario. But you know what? They had a plan and they fucking executed yeah, no, that's it. It didn't look pretty. It wasn't necessarily super they admirable. Moved, they moved with intention. I'm Absolutely. Gonna, I'm going to steal this car. It'll be like gone in 60 <laughs> seconds, 30 minutes later. I've broken three windows and can't start it, but I'm still going to steal this car. You know, you know what's really going to make me fucking laugh if this if it ends up being if it ends up being true. If Georgia Tech if Georgia Tech has made a better hire Ends up making a better hire. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, that I, made, by the way, that made the possible. Atlanta papers. Like, I, would, I got a push alert for it and I haven't seen it anywhere else. Is that true? What? Willie Fritz? Yeah. Willie Fritz? Yeah. That's, I don't, the, that's the buzz. I, that, yeah, it so has I mean, not it, been. It the has Atlanta not been, paper, the Atlanta newspaper put it out before I saw it anywhere else, which is wild. Right, yeah. We've uh, got, and I have not seen any follow-up from them. Uh, the Ooh, well, I have I a little up. I have okay. an update. Go ahead. Uh, that would be uh, Ross Dellinger as of 2.47 today. Georgia Tech is promoting interim coach Brent Key to permanent head coach. All right. <coughs> also SM, not a bad idea. Now. Yeah. That, sure. Given the way the back half of that season went, sure. I you know what, man? They were dangerous. That's really all I like they were yeah. dangerous. They they made things happen. That's really all I can reasonably ask of Georgia Tech. There are things by that the way. That is a better metric by what listen, there is no way to let those of us who had guesses about Justin Fuente and Matt Brown's tenure now step forward. There is no way to predict how these will nope. go. What None. Georgia Tech just did is unquestionably a better metric yeah. for making this decision. Also, you know who's absolutely fucking down for this job? Brent Frank Key. Key. That's right. <laughs> I mean, on top of everything else and liking the institution and doing a great job and the players love him. And who at least appears next year, who be who will be heading into next year with yeah. at least three quarters of a roster who is interested in playing for him and who could have seen firsthand what buying in with him will get them. Uh-huh. And you know what else? He doesn't have to move all of his stuff. I guarantee you <laughs> the most thrilling thing about this for an adult is that he can take a new job, get more money, Don't and have he to doesn't have to open gear, a single no box. Sale. Yeah. Doesn't have to do a garage sale. Doesn't have to go, oh, God, where's the ladle when it's time to, like, <laughs> when it's chilly so, so night. what is a ladle? I don't know, Ryan, but adults use them. <laughs> adults I, who are responsible use them, and I want them to have them, and when you move, you can't find them. Y'all, I moved Spencer, in July, and... Go ahead, Jason. Well, I was just going to say, Spencer, if you were painting a miniature, it's something you could set the miniature in. Oh, oh shit, that sounds useful. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. You could actually dip and 
You could sort of use it as a Um, I was just going to say that I moved in July and I'm still unpacking and I went through all of cooking Thanksgiving for my family without oven mitts because I can't find them. What did you? Not a single pot holder is in this house. Did you use towels or what? Towels. Oh yeah, I just use. I I worked in restaurants before. I just use kitchen towels. But oh man, it's so much easier to just burn. I I my hands are covered in tiny burns. Dude, I yeah. really I like I like that Brent Key hire. I've, there's been two hires or three hires mm. so far that I've thought were like fuck yeah, that's a great hire. All right, please Char- don't please don't rewind and and listen to our opinions about Virginia Tech and North Carolina no. from three years ago. <laughs> um, both, yeah. I stand so, by Mac Brown take. I, I, you, know I, <laughs> you know what? The, like, Mac Brown's all, been fine. Terrible Mac, fine. You know, Mac Terrible Brown has hire. provided us with enough entertainment via his puffy coat life. Watch, puffy coat. Watch him go win the ACC title. It doesn't yeah. do enough for me. Okay. Terrible hire. What are the three Biff, that you like? Biff Pogey at Charlotte because... <laughs> First of all, say it again. Biff Pogey. <laughs> yep. Did you like yep. that little Pittsburghian O that you o, threw in there? Yeah. I think you just like his style. Biff Pogey I don't even Charlotte know that's how you say it. Charlotte? That's how you what, should What are the it? things you know about him? Um, I know this. He is the no, only... No, don't look. Don't type. No, he's the <laughs> only coach who got hired who is right now cash positive for the university. <laughs> Because that's, he donated five hundred grand to the school as okay. a part of his hiring, oh, okay. because he was Ooh. in finance before. So Charlotte, Charlotte's already cash positive on this. Wait, Wait Charlotte going invest? out and hiring a finance bro off the street is like Charlotte going out and hiring a U.S. Airways pilot. Well, is this, this is following... like that shit Coastal Carolina did. <laughs> correct, that... correct. This is this is okay. two things. One, they did, one they managed to snap a little twig off of the. Uh, he was a high school coach for a long time after he quit. Um, he quit the financial industry. But he has one actually worked his way up. Two um, is a Harbaugh disciple, so they wanted you know our favorite head, which, which headbutting Harbaugh? milk drink at gym. Uh. Um, and three, he uh, has his own money, which is desperately needed at Charlotte. So mm. Charlotte to me has made the smartest hire yet because the their coach wrote them a check. This is like the uh, grown man version of the Ohio State thing. I'll be called into the game at any moment. Right. <laughs> I'm now seeing photographs of Biff Pogey in a cut-off muscle shirt yes, and this I is, is not this is, he does not look shit. like he works this in is, finance. This is this oh, is this is shit. really why Spencer likes this hire. This man He's like, "Look, yeah. you don't have to own pants. You can this, succeed in this life." This should be the mayor of Charlotte. This, this would vastly improve the image of Charlotte overall Listen, if, if this guy were to take right, off. So that's Listen, one. Man, wait, it's yeah, Biff that's, Town. That's one. I'm going to go one. ahead and I'm going to go ahead and share a image of Biff too because just to show you that. And so this is some just Falcor from the Neverending Story. Some people will say um, that you know, hey, you'd look better if you went ahead and put on a tie and a shirt. Some of us, when we put on shirts no. and ties, look worse no. because it's very obvious that you are trying to put lipstick on a pig, yeah. right? It's I ironic. Yeah. This, is and very, the big this, is, hat. this looks like a screen cap from Vice Principals. Yes. Uh, two, <laughs> oh, I like him. Two, I love the Luke Fickle hire because the Wisconsin went out and got uh, the toughest, meanest, Big Ten type dude they could possibly get. And also they somebody... They fucking swung for it. Yeah. yeah. They fucking no, they swung for it. Went, went and got a dude who basically was had his choice of, I will take an elite... Big Ten. Oh, like, no, a top um, tier, top tier Big Ten program. Some, uh, he was up for some other ones, too. Yeah. Uh, he will take that. He's got tons of experience. He's awesome. He's still relatively young. He's uh, virile as fuck. <laughs> yeah. He's got, Apparently. He's got eight kids, so I know that man that's really needs to work. That's got to go over well with the Viking culture of Wisconsin. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think that's like a fantastic fit overall. Okay. Um, 
and the third hire that I really like is Brent Key. So like that's that's if you want some positive news, I have one other piece of positive news, but I'll save it for the end. I'll save it for the end. But those are the three I mean, that we're I like almost so there, far. brother. I I have yeah. an, I have an upside mm-hmm. that I just realized. All of the uh, uh, of all of the long reply guy history of hope he sees this bro and and it is a long and beautifully storied history. There is statistically a better chance than I, uh, with any other coach that I can certainly remember that Hugh Freeze is going to end up fucking one of these guys in our mentions. I hope he sees. That's this. true. That's true. Yeah. One of you fellows, you finally might get some. Yeah, congrats, y'all. Hey, I just remembered that um, Auburn's going to have to start playing Texas. What is that? Why is that do, funny? Do for you? I just, uh, I so I'm like this is this is the thing I like to do. I like to look back and say like, okay, when this coach had it had it moving, like, what did the uh, landscape look around them? Mm-hmm. And the other coaches in the SEC West. At the time, this is for 2014, I believe. Let me make sure this is the year I want to I want to look at. Yeah, this is the nine and four year. Uh, so we're talking. Uh, Dan Mullen was at Mississippi State, but he finished with a better record than he freezed at ten and three. Uh, obviously, Nick Saban's at Alabama, finished with a better record as well. Kevin Sumlin went eight and five that year. Les Miles went eight and five that year. Arkansas went seven and six with Brett Bielema. Um, I think it's fair to say that maybe not A&M, but Arkansas and LSU are definitely in better places than they, they were before. Mississippi State, uh, I don't know. Old Miss is probably in at least as good, if not a slightly better place. Than they, like, this is not going to be an easy... Uh, like, people have looked at the West and said, oh, what a mess it is. That's because, like, a lot of these teams are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there's not one dominant force in them, and there's not one team that you sort of look at and say, "Oh yeah, they're sort well, of." Well, also they the all started. They all started losing to Georgia too. So. Yeah, they did start. I mean, I would Georgia say though. among those teams, I'd say MSU is basically like peak MSU right now. Like yeah. this is yeah. as good as they ever. I, th- I think this this was maybe uh, the year I'm looking at was maybe like the DAC year, and like you okay, can make sure. an argument that so that year so, is better. So they're still as good as a team that gave you freeze all sorts of problems. Right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you can, this is also this also gets to one more thing I wanted to say about it, which is you can't step in the same river twice. Right. Like we are making similar points that that I I think people sometimes make these hires with people who have experience because they are anticipating similar results. They're anticipating similar results and not looking at the context um, or whether this person is even the same coach or has the same capacity that they had before, like, right? Yeah, sure. That's th- this is why sure. Mac. This is why people like Mac Brown are mutants because you pretty much get the same people Mac Brown like wherever Mac Brown. you plant him, right? Mm-hmm. I and that's not the case with most people. It's not the case with most coaches. You don't get, um, you don't get similar results, you know. And if you do, a lot of the time, the similar results that you're anticipating don't take into account the inevitably chaotic end. Looking at you, Lou Holtz. Look at Lou Holtz. <laughs> it's also, it's honestly, Steve Spurrier, you could say the same thing about at Steve South had, Carolina. Yeah, I mean, listen. The it end's worked not until be great. it really fucking didn't. Yeah, well, that's the best decade they've ever had, man. I understand. <laughs> but it really is. Here's the other fun thing I just realized. So Holly already said 
Now he freezes at a job where he has to play Georgia every year, who I think is unquestionably the best team in the conference right now. Uh, remind me, who was <laughs> yes. old Miss? Who is old Miss's cross division rival? They've gone from Vanderbilt to Georgia. Like, Tom. good fucking luck. So there goes a nearly guaranteed W to a very likely loss. So this is my last question around all of this. What, like, and it is the question that I think has vexed every coach at Auburn, even the successful ones. What is success? What is a good year at, what does it mean to be a successful coach at Auburn? Um, it's pretty is- much what Gus Malzahn did. Yeah. No, it does. No, but we know that's not true. We by know that's Auburn not standard. true because no, 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 he got fired. Right, right. Like yeah. we're we're basically asking the Mark. We're asking the Mark Richt question again, which sure. I think, which which I view in my head as really the spiritual domino. That you know what success at Auburn is? It's the same level of success at Alabama. Is Auburn going to achieve that level of success? No. It's this, which is the same level of success at LSU. Which is the same level of success at Texas A&M, which is the same level at Georgia. Like, it's maybe becoming the same level at Tennessee. It might become that level. Like, this is not a job where you can go nine and four a bunch and everybody's going to be like, fucking great. We fucking love this. But he's such a great guy. But he beats Haven twice. Because a ball bounced off a Chad Kelly pass off somebody's hat. <laughs> Imagine, again, like, yeah, people that. don't remember enough about what happened in those games. That's how, yeah, for you young folks, that's how Hugh Freeze beat, beat Nick Saban, the most chaotic quarterback in Ole Miss history. Is that uh, up there? Which is saying a fucking lot. Bounced uh-huh. a ball off a guy's head. That's how <laughs> Ole Miss beat Nick well, Saban. For, yeah, the first Hugh time. Freeze didn't do shit. <laughs> the year before he, he got told fired. a bunch of weirdos to go be weird. Great. The year before mm-hmm. he got fired, Gus Malzahn beat Alabama, went nine and three in the regular season, <laughs> and finished four and finished fourteen. And by the, every AP, account that we are, and by every account that we are aware of, is a you know a, a, a bit of a dork, a, a very a very like dad socks and sandals dad mode, and. A nice guy to work for. Yeah, I spent part, like, yeah, like five or ten minutes earlier today trying to think of the worst Gus Malzahn scandal from like a the decade. There's not, there's not one. If He's, you said, if you said, uh, you know what? I know what it was. It's when, it's when that Alabama lawyer taped Gus's wife. Yeah. Uh, saying some like, you know, giving some like bulletin board material, and everybody lost their goddamn minds. She, by the way, is also like about as normal a person as you would find for. Uh, a major college football coach's wife. Can I give you my favorite? They're Gus, fine. My favorite Gus Malzahn story. If you're like, and what, now what they dark, get to live in Florida. What dark secrets are in Gus Malzahn's past? And I'm like, the dark secret in Gus <laughs> Malzahn's past is, is that like he, he had built, no hobby. He is had, that he, yeah, is he, that he built PCs in his spare time and gave it up because it was cutting into recruiting. No, for real. Like he had no hobbies. <sighs> so like his wife encouraged him to buy a boat. So because yeah. you know, they lived on the lake, <laughs> and so he, would he would sit out, out in the boat. He would go out. He would just go onto the boat and do laps. Couple of laps and be like, I've done the boat. Oh, He'd come I've back done my, and I've watch hop, film. I've, no, he Mother, I've his, hobbied. Yes. Now, really, it was Can like, I go, may I go back he was to taking now? himself for. A, it was like he took himself for a walk. Yeah. So this was Rosconi, vid- right? There's We're a video of him dancing to like a, a youth pastor DJ. And like, yeah, yeah, that was it. I yeah. can tell that's you, it. he, he wants Gus has always had my. And he beat Saban three times. Gus has always had my sword because he 
tra- once traded a car for a fax machine <laughs> when he was a high school coach in Arkansas. Well, Gus got fired in the COVID year after 10 games. The th- he had one unexcusable loss. He lost to South Carolina on the road, but also like that's some shit that yeah. happens. But also, also, well, also that didn't save Will Muschamp. Also couldn't, re- couldn't recruit an offensive line to the, save his life. This is a, this, and this is part of what just bring, this is part of what took me back to that failure state episode. The because the, teams, the answer yeah. at the at the bottom of all of this, there there are entire industries, including ours, propped up by having to explain all this, and the actual answer is not deep. It's not. No, and and you know what? It'll be true for whoever hires Urban Meyer next, because somebody will. Yeah. At least for listen, let's and hey, let's run that out. There are football reasons for hiring Urban that are better than the football reasons for hiring Freeze. Not Jaguars related. There are none of not Jaguars. Related. No. <laughs> No, you know. Um, Although, it, like to to be fair, as yeah. bad as that was, the greatest to ever do it was basically Cam Cameron at Miami. Like he was basically. <laughs> What's Cam Cameron doing right now? Oh God, I think he's retired. I'm, t- I'm scared to I'm look. Just asking. I think yeah. he's retired. Yeah, but that's that, that means he could be anywhere. Yeah, not alone in that failure as funny as it was. <sighs> um, well, so there's one there's one silver lining to all of this. If and when Hugh Freeze gets shown the door at Auburn, because it's Auburn, and that's just what seems to happen, nobody's going to feel that bad about it. Nobody's going to have a real moral quandary on their hands. We're all going to feel fine. We're feel and great. isn't that nice to know that we already, we already feel good about the exit interview? Hugh Freeze pack watch starts right now. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in prayer, bozo. <laughs> Don't worry, he will. No, he'll just he'll go, say he did. Just go put yeah. a Christmas tree out on his out on his curb right now, <sighs> which is where it belongs anyway because it's a pagan habit. Um, yeah, that is a. Uh, there are other, by the way. There's one more piece of coaching information that I would like to share. Um, that I surprised me. Okay, Texas A&M has fired Daryl Dickey, mm-hmm. their offensive coordinator. <laughs> I would like to ask the question: hmm. Did any of you know? that Texas A&M had an offensive coordinator. And if so, if you took that position, you, you're not doing anything, right? You're yeah, just, you're tech- like, Jimbo, I'm here to get fired. Yeah. Plump my buyout. He doesn't I'll even let you golf. hold the big stack of AP notes. He doesn't let anyone hold his precious <laughs> files. My papers. No, no, do, you, I mean, do you guys know who, do you guys know who Daryl Dickey is? Yes. I mean, is he of the Dickey family? <laughs> Like the 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 like is he like from, uh, as in uh, he's, Florida I mean, Florida I mean, and Tennessee. No, not okay. That's Jim Dickey's kid. Is why yes, I'm, he's from I'm Memphis. Asking. I got it right. Yeah, yeah. He he's he is Jim Dickey's kid. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but by which I'm by which I'm saying is, is, is this is a this is not some like GA trailing around behind Jimbo with a clipboard. Um, Daryl Dickey is like the most journeyman one of the most journeyman ass coordinators in college football mm-hmm. he started he's, his career as a grad assistant at a&m at texas a and five yeah, yeah. he preceded, he preceded me at yeah he preceded me at north texas yeah <laughs> he, went, he went from a&m to memphis so, to all over the world to memphis to a&m yes yeah, so anyway he's and a he's he a rest. holdover uh he's a holdover from the, the last staff he has been back at a&m since 2018 so anyway i'm sure he was the problem jimbo way to go I, that's listen. I love this wow. position. This is all I would ever want as a professional coach, 
is to take this position and say, I will be here for 12 hours a week. None of them will be particularly directed or well used. Um, you're going to fire me in a year and here's my buyout. By the way, if you look at Daryl Dickey's <laughs> resume as a coach, it is Jason, the most professional wrestling journeyman ass thing I have ever seen in no, my life. No, seriously, read off. Let's, 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 uh, I've been to lots of there places. There we go. Let's mid South. I've been to lots this. of places. I've been to College Station, Texas. I've been to Memphis and Memphis and Memphis. I've been to Starkville, Mississippi, Baton Rouge. I've been to El Paso. I've been to Dallas. I've been to Denton, Texas. I've been all the way out to an unfortunate stint in Utah, Utah State. I Logan, Utah, no less. <laughs> yeah, Logan. I went to Albuquerque. Then I went to Texas State. I went to San Marcos, Texas. <laughs> San Marcos, Texas. Then I came back and went to Memphis, Memphis, Memphis. <laughs> college Station. College okay. Station and College Station. And then I pray my bones will find rest in the place from which I hail, which is Galveston, Texas. This is actually the most full cast travel plan possible because it's basically, it's bas what it, this is basically fuck New York and DC. Yes, it gets better though. It gets better. Where did he play his ball? Kansas State, Seattle, and New Orleans. We should God listen, damn. We should set this up as like a bourbon trail, like as, as like a pilgrimage tour. Like for real, this Eastern man, this, Time Zone is not canon. This, this man might be Jim Crockett promotion. <laughs> Um, NWA world champion <laughs> Daryl Dickey. <laughs> can we, Ryan? Can we send him a Mid South Airlines mug? Sure, Just, absolutely. You know. He left. Absolutely. He left San Marcos with the NWA belt. <laughs> Fracture in the title for life. It's a, as Jimbo I, has one of those uh, titles that don't count. So yeah. 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 He's, yes, he does. Um, that and uh, that, and I have one other piece of news, which is. I swear, entirely unrelated, but worth sharing. Are you ready? This is hopefully going to lift all of our spirits, unless you are... <laughs> Boy, you're putting a lot on this piece of news. I am, I am. Yeah. Okay, so um, you are all familiar with the liver king. <laughs> yes, because I've scrolled people past shut it, up yeah. about it. That's has correct. He, has Ryan's probably not. No, I, I am. Missed, I'm online. Okay. I missed yesterday. The news broke. Uh, Wait, did something happen? I have shocking, to the shocking liver king? information for you. Uh, this is, by the way, like Christmas for more plates, more dates. The guy who does whole a whole YouTube channel on what steroids celebrities are taking. Um, Wait, and, what? Okay, can we interview that guy? Oh, yeah, he's awesome. He's like, here's what The Rock was on. No, he has an entire like hour and a half, I think, video on The Rock's physique through the years and what um, he was doing. The Rock is on codfish. Thank you. Yeah, the and, <laughs> and his tequila. And rice and tequila, yeah. Y'all, that tequila's pretty good. I hate to say it. Terramana. It's, it's pretty good. Terramana got me these pecs, brother. Um, no, this is like Christmas, New Year's, and every other holiday wrapped up for more plates, more dates, because the Liver King, uh, it's come out that the Liver King is uh, on on that gas. Oh! Was, that, was that in dispute? Uh, no, but, but an email surfaced. <laughs> Wait, wait, sorry, this... explain to me, because I only know about this from you cackling about it in the background. Why is this scandalous? Is this, is this to put this in football terms, is this like Lane Kiffin said something stupid level of like yes. shock? Yes, this is Lane Kiffin level of shock. It's more this, that there are specific amounts for what he was taking. And oh, oh my God, I'll put it this way. He's been consuming a lot of liver supplements. Okay. A lot. Okay. This, 50... is, this is, I was going to say. Yeah. This is the headline I have found. Leaked email allegedly reveals that Liver King spends over $10,000 a month on steroids. 
Oh, goodness. IGF-1CJC, Butamoran, Omnitrope, Test, Deca, and Winstrol. 50 milligrams a day, though he had just started taking Winstrol. What the fuck, dude? Did you just get around to Winstrol? It is unfortunate because the tagline for the Liver King's uh, website is, Liver King, put back what the modern world left out. Huh. Yeah, in this in this email, that's crazy. I even rec- I even have a hard shell hyperbaric chamber at my house for recovery. But as, as opposed reached- to like the 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 jelly roll hyperbaric chamber, are there soft shell hyperbaric chambers? Mm-hmm. <laughs> are there like plushy hyperbaric chambers? Can I have one? I want the velvet. Vel- I want velour. the velvet. The okay. velvet. Yeah, the velour one. <laughs> uh, as I've reached my mid forties, it's getting harder, and the back fat fucking kills me. Bro, mm. I'm, listen. Never been more relatable. The way the internet works, it's time for Liver King stands to be like, actually, HGH is paleo. Look it up. That's right. There Your body go. produces it. <laughs> Your body produces. Yeah, why wouldn't it be? <laughs> yeah, come on, bro. <laughs> Our ancestors got HGH by killing and eating one another. How do you, how do you <laughs> What's think different it, here? Got so fucking yoked. That's right. Man, that's a lot of shit. That's a lot of liver, buddy. <laughs> I've been taking so much liver. It's not the liver duke. I did, but man, like for for the for for those of us, this was like like the first person I sent it to was Jane Coaston. I'm like the gear. Look at it. It's it's meathead Christmas. It's so good. <laughs> 